0: When you have an attitude of gratitude, people just want to hang with you. Introducing the woman who believes ordinary stands for extraordinary. The host of Thriving at 60, Wendy B.
1: Welcome. This is Wendy B. and I'm a life coach. And I started this podcast because I believe ordinary people become extraordinary people. And what makes them extraordinary is sometimes the adversity they have lived through and who they've become regardless of those circumstances sometimes it's the little acts of kindness they bestow on people one act of kindness at a time i believe that most of us have the ability to thrive not just survive my intention is to cause curiosity excitement to thought folk to cause people to alter their thinking or at least question their thinking in a way that would not have altered otherwise and living from that possible altered view create a new future for oneself, a new future that wasn't going to happen if you didn't alter or question your old views. This could cause unpredictable results that could make a permanent difference in your life and in the lives of others around you. I want to motivate and help people of all ages, particularly women 50 to 110, fulfill their dreams. I want people to experience being excited about their life. This podcast is to inspire and motivate you right now, for you to take action today on your purpose, your dreams. Maybe some of you don't know your purpose or your dreams, or you resigned they could never happen. Regardless of age, regardless of your circumstances, I will motivate and inspire you one step at a time to turn lemons into lemonade. It's never too late to start. Would you like Freedom. And power, regardless of what life throws at you. It's easy to live life when life is working, but true power, true freedom is having freedom and power when our circumstances are ugh. This podcast is about when you get handed lemons, how fast can you make lemonade? Life isn't just about surviving. What does it take to thrive emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially? So, this podcast is an inquiry into what is thriving and it isn't like I have the answer because I don't and what we've been discussing the last few days is unacceptable behavior and some people in the Al-Anon rooms we have to be careful not to uh, there's anonymity in the rooms for a reason because some people are coming to Al-Anon to learn and if their uh, alcoholic love would do they could get into a lot of trouble. On page 273 September 29th, encouraged to change. We're talking about when the alcoholic can become abusive. So it says, some alcoholics become abusive, especially when they drink. How do we handle violence? What can we do about it? Al-Anon doesn't give specific advice about relationships. We don't advocate ending them or continuing to build them. Those decisions are best left to each individual member to make when he or she feels ready. We do, however, emphasize our personal responsibility to take care of ourselves. If we know that physical danger is part of our reality, we can admit it and take steps to protect ourselves, at least temporarily. We may arrange for a safe place to go at any hour if we need it. It may be wise to keep money and car keys in easy access. Perhaps we'll also seek counseling or speak with the police about our options. No one has the right to physically abuse anyone else under any circumstances. We can inventory our own behavior to see if we are contributing to the problem by provoking someone who is drunk, and we can work to change that behavior. But we do not cause another to be violent or abusive. Today's reminder, I don't have the power to change another person. If I'm dealing with violence, I must be the one who changes. I'll start by being honest about what is going on. There is hope. There is help, and I have an inalienable right to human dignity. And many people, um, you know, I've 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 been in the Al-Anon program for almost thirty years, and and people love alcoholics, and some of them are abusive. I remember one lady that I sponsored. Uh, she had a little baby, eight months, and her husband was violent enough that he would, when the baby was in the um, carrier he would even throw it across the room when she told me that I told her I had to she could stop using me as a sponsor if she wanted but I had to report that that for me that you know everybody has unacceptable levels of unacceptable but for an innocent child to be physically harmed now and, and fortunately, the baby wasn't harmed that time but what about the next time when he got in a rage and I looked at my own uh, relationship. There, this beginning, there was physical violence, and that ended when I uh, finally had the courage to uh, go to the police, and he was hauled in, and, and we were separated for six months. Um, this was after we were married for a couple of years, uh, and I had to learn to look at my part. Like, was I? I had to, you know, I had to look at. I didn't have the power to change another person. And if I was dealing with violence, I must be the one who changes. I had to look at, when I went for counselling, I had to look at my own behaviour to see if I was contributing to the problem by provoking him. Yes, my ex was um, sober, but in Al-Anon, we have a, 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 you know, people can be in a dry drunk. And I believe that even though my ex went to AA, um, many people can go to the program but they don't work the program and my husband uh, had a habit of blaming me for everything in fact even after 20 years I was at fault because I got pregnant but I stayed in that relationship and I had to look at my part and there was a lot of emotional abuse and I also abused I yelled and screamed I blamed at times um, and I had to learn to detach with love, I had to learn to um, remove myself when he was out of control, running up and down the stairs and yelling through the doors. I got a lock on my bedroom door. I'd go in the bathroom. I kept books in the bathroom. I kept money and keys on hand if I had to leave. And I remember when our oldest daughter, who uh, is uh, uh, 21 now, when she was 13, he, he would he could lose his temper and I told him if he hit her again um, I would have the police involved and uh, and and he did go for counseling at that time uh, with a community counselor and he never it was group counseling couples sharing their experience strength and hope around dealing with um, teenagers and he never did hit her after that that was my limit like I could almost take anything but I couldn't have my child harmed and he believed me because i had had to call the police once for myself when he was physical and it took something when we're accepting unacceptable behavior we have a lot of shame we think we should be able to have uh, to be able to stop it and we don't know how I know the time that I broke down and finally went to the police um, we'd been married two years and he'd been physical a, a few times and it took my daughter shaming me before I could go to the police. And what she said to me is, um, Mommy, what would happen if something happens to you? What's going to happen to us? And that took me, uh, it shamed me enough to make me look at my part. And and even though my ex was angry at me, and I don't believe he ever forgave me. We got back together six months later. But I don't think he ever forgave me for that. Um, But I didn't know... I I did the best I could with the tools I had. I didn't know how else to deal with it. And I stayed in an unacceptable, emotionally unacceptable relationship uh, for numerous reasons. One was I still loved him. I didn't like him, but I still loved him. Number two, we had a daughter who was, um, at times, she was very challenging to deal with. And I didn't know, and she needed a lot of adult supervision. Even though she didn't think so and i didn't know how i could do that and work full-time outside the home and i also uh, knew that if i left my daughter with her dad even though he loved her he wasn't emotionally available so it could even get worse so i had to you know in alan and i had a sponsor who said don't leave until you're ready and i'm so grateful that no one judged me and I stayed until my daughter was well enough that I could leave. I am so grateful. So nobody can tell you, I mean they can, but one of the good things in a healthy Al-Anon meeting is, and with healthy Al-Anon people, they don't tell you what to do. They give you examples and then you choose. And you know, if I had left beforehand, I would have never forgiven myself about my daughter and leaving when I did, my daughter was healthy enough to uh, support herself and be on her own and um, I am so grateful. I am so proud of my children. I wished I had have not been so fearful. I, I wished I had trusted myself and gone out there and created work ahead of time but I didn't. I did what I thought was best and I don't regret that we're discussing unacceptable behavior and where in your life maybe you need an al-anon meeting or where in your life are you behaving unacceptably you're responding you're reacting or you're tolerating and you don't know how to deal with it Uh, there is counseling there's outside help you can interview a counselor make sure they have al-anon or alcoholic background so that you're dealing with someone who actually knows what you're dealing with because when we're dealing in alcoholism sometimes there's insanity and people who haven't dealt with it don't don't get it so in closing we're exploring how to thrive whether we are 10 or 110 and beyond where in your life are you accepting unacceptable behavior or you have your reactions to people's behavior is unacceptable. And the question to ask yourself is, what are you committed to? And start taking new actions from that commitment or that view. What are your habitual patterns that have you not thrive? I constantly allowed emotionally unacceptable behavior because I was afraid. I didn't share enough, I guess. I I thought somehow I deserved it. I thought I had had two marriages that didn't work, so it must be my fault for the third marriage. So if you find yourself in that situation, don't despair. <laughs> there is help out there. There truly is. So what areas in your life do you want to be more effective? What areas do you want to thrive in? Well, what did you like best about this podcast? I request you subscribe to my podcast and rate it a number five. What topics would you like to hear me ta- talk on? When you get handed lemons, how fast can you make lemonade? With an attitude of gratitude, you can make lemonade. I'd love to hear from you. Who would like a complimentary 15-minute coaching session? I want to call you personally and hear about your dreams and your goals. I will give you one amazing tip that will help you out. I will call people who let me know they have a five-star rating or they've left me a five-star rating for this podcast and provide their username on itunes or google plus or whatever provider you and i both have just hit the button subscribe to my podcast and rate it a number five thanks for listening
0: keep thriving thank you for listening to thriving at 60.com with wendy b